We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. When I was a kid, there used to be a show on called The A-Team. And uh, it had everything little boys like, you know, guns, action, uh, you know, Mr. T. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that for a little boy. And uh, one thing that would always happen at the end of the show, when the uh, plan came together, Hannibal would get out, I'm not recommending this, but he would get out his big fat cigar, stick it in his teeth like this, and he'd say, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, God has a plan. And uh, that plan began before the foundation of the world. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We need to understand that plan uh, so that we can benefit from the salvation, uh, so that we can benefit from the blessing that God has brought us through Jesus Christ. And uh, the scripture that I'm going to read to you today, uh, I'm going to read through, uh, it's a little bit of a long scripture, but I'm going to then focus on the prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus coming and by his birth, but not just by his birth, but also the coming hope of the restoration of the people of Israel and indeed of all humanity as God brings his salvation even to the Gentiles. And so um, the title of my message is the fulfillment of God's plan. We need to thank him for his plan, worship him, and then respond to it in faith. Um, The fulfillment of God's plan. Look at verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, a virgin will be pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men came from the east, arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned secretly the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. 
He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who sought the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets, that he will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. The fulfillment of God's plan. How does Jesus fulfill God's plan? Well, the first thing I want you to see in chapter 1 and verse 21 is that he saves. He saves. Verse 21 says, You will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, Isaiah in the Old Testament's name meant Yahweh is salvation. Uh, Jesus' name means Jehovah saves, Yahweh saves. Uh, And even in the naming of the prophet, it looks forward to the time when God would send his son named Jesus to pay the price. If you look in the book of Isaiah 53, you see that uh, this future Messiah would come. And the scripture says that he would be wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. Jesus came, and he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross to pay the price for sin. He said, it is finished. The price has been paid. All that has needed uh, to redeem men forever from their sins was done at Calvary. I'm so glad that Jesus gives salvation as a gift. He died and paid the price for heaven. 
He paid the price for a relationship with God. He paid the price for forgiveness from sin. He paid the price to satisfy the wrath of God. And then he rose from the dead three days later to show that he could save. Jesus saves. He will save his people from their sin. Um, I remember years ago when God began to work on me and I gave my heart to Christ and just the difference that Christ made in me. He did save me from my sin. He forgave me and he cleansed me. And I remember just the guilt being lifted away and just the sense of feeling that God had cleansed me and, and knowing because of his promise that he had done so. Jesus Christ still saves people. He still delivers people from an eternal hell. He saves. That's why Jesus came. It's not just about the baby in the manger, but it's about Jesus who went to a cross to pay the price for sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus saves. So he came to save his people from their sins. If you don't know Jesus today... uh, You need to respond by choosing to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of salvation that he has purchased for you at Calvary's cross. We'll give you an opportunity to do that in a few moments. Uh, If you're here today and you know Christ, worship him and praise him for the great work of salvation that he's done for you. Don't we have a good God? He's come to this sinful world that didn't deserve to be saved. And he has come and sent his son uh, to pay the price for our sin. What a Savior. What a God who would do such a thing for us. Jesus fulfills God's plan. How does he do it? First of all, he saves. Secondly, he comes. He comes. Look at verse 23 of chapter 1. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. You see, only Jesus could save people from their sins because only Jesus was God. Jesus had uh, an infinite power to bear an infinite penalty For the sins of men and women all over this world. Jesus Christ is God. That means he can handle the payment for my sin. I tell you what. I couldn't pay for your sin and you couldn't pay for mine. But Jesus Christ could pay for it because he is God. And he could say those words. It is finished. And in a moment of time. Take the penalty for sin upon himself. Why? Because he is God. Scripture says in John chapter 1. By him, everything was made, and without him was nothing made that has been made. You know what that means? If Jesus made everything that's ever been made, Jesus is the eternal God. The scripture says that by him, all things hold together. He holds the stars in in their places. Jesus is God, a very God. But not only is he God, but he comes to us. I love that scripture in John chapter 1 that says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. You see, Jesus cared for you. He cares for me. Jesus came to be one of us. 
He came. He understands. Some of you are suffering at Christmas time because you've lost a loved one and, and you're struggling with this Christmas season. Jesus understands what it means to go through trouble, to go through heartache. Jesus came to this earth. He lived as one of us. And the Bible says he was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. He understands the struggle that we go through. He came not just to pay the price for our sin, but he came also to identify with us and sympathize with us. And Hebrews says he ever lives to make intercession for us. He comes to us. But he doesn't just come to us physically. The Scripture tells us that he ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. But Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will come to you. And uh, he has sent us his Holy Spirit to live within us. And Christ himself in his spirit lives within us. What a wonderful thing. How does that happen? It happens only through what Jesus did on the cross. But God wants to come to you. He wants to minister to you in the times of your hurting. He wants to encourage you. He wants to walk with you and guide you and instruct you in life. Uh, Jesus comes to us. That's one of the great stories of Christmas. God is not aloof. God is not off somewhere where he doesn't care for you and me. But he has come to be one of us, to identify with us and to love us. Um, there's that song, He Loved Me With a Cross. He loved me with a cross. But He not only loves me with a cross, but He loves me by coming and being involved in my life and making a difference in my day-to-day relationship with Him. What a wonderful God. Jesus cares for you. Virgin will conceive and bear a son and will call His name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, The fulfillment of God's plan. How does Jesus fulfill God's plan? He saves. He comes. Thirdly, He cares. He cares. Uh, Chapter 2 and verse 6. This is a quotation from Micah chapter uh, 5, verses 1 through 4. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader... Who will shepherd my people Israel? Jesus cares. He's a leader. Often in the Old Testament, uh, they would call the kings shepherds. Uh, There would be a king. Isaiah talks about the king who would come. Unto us a child is born and a son is given. But he would come uh, to the place of suffering. That, that land of Zebulun and Naphtali had been a place of darkness where the Assyrians had attacked. Jesus would come and his light would shine upon them. And, and he would enter their situation because he cares. Unto us a child is born. Jesus cares. Aren't you glad Jesus cares for you and me? And he is our shepherd. I love that uh, old psalm in the Old Testament. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Jesus cares for you and he cares for me. And he actually cares for sinners. Uh, The scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He cares for you. I want you to know something. Jesus wants to be your shepherd. Doesn't matter what your past is, uh, Jesus will save you through his blood.
and he'll be your shepherd. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and Christian, he will shepherd you each day as you come to him. He will guide you through his word and through his spirit. Uh, he will instruct you. He will bind up your wounds. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You've seen the shepherds carrying the little lamb that's injured around his shoulders. That's what Jesus does to us. He carries us in our times of difficulty. He cares. He's, he's a ruler. Yes, he will come to rule and reign. He will destroy his enemies at his second coming. But, but the scripture says he'll start a peaceable kingdom. And, and he will be our shepherd. He will care for us. And he does care for us. So Jesus fulfills God's plan by being our shepherd. And he cares for us. He fulfills the prophecy of God, the plan of God. How does he fulfill it? He saves, he comes, he cares. And uh, there's some other scriptures here. Um, you can see his identification with us and his, his trip to Egypt and his trip back to Israel. It's a, it's a picture of what God had done in saving Israel in the Old Testament through the Exodus. Um, but um, I want to call your attention to chapter 3. And verse 3, the scripture says, For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. So you see, the prophecy didn't just end with the Christmas prophecies. The prophecy looks on to Isaiah chapter 40, in verses 1 through 4, where after the first part of Isaiah where he, he emphasizes judgment. Now he's emphasizing the comfort of God's people. And he says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And then he says these words, uh, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus' work of comforting God's people. How does Jesus comfort us? Well, one way he comforts us is through his salvation. He says in the first verse of chapter 3, he says, repent. Repentance is a step of faith that we take when we come to Christ. And it's a doorway to his comfort and to a relationship with him. When we repent, we choose to turn from our sin and to follow Christ. Uh, it's a choice of faith that we make. Uh, and, and we receive the gift of eternal life. John the Baptist came preaching a message of repentance. Why? Because he knew that in order to have the comfort of God in your life, you must repent. Uh, Isaiah goes on in that second part of Isaiah to describe Jesus' death in Isaiah 53. He goes on to describe his resurrection in the latter part of Isaiah 53 and the latter part of Isaiah 52. He goes on to describe the, the time when Jesus would come at his second coming and it would usher in uh, a time of world peace, a millennium. And uh, he describes what it's going to be like. And, and creation itself will be impacted as the lion lays down with the lamb and his children play with snakes and aren't harmed. You see, there will be a, a, a renovation of this creation uh, due to the, to the work of Jesus Christ. He has come to restore. He has come to comfort. He comforts us now, but he will comfort us in eternity. This is not the end of the story. The Bible says that God will uh, decide when that time will come. 
And Jesus will come with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's God's plan of comfort for you and me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, God wants you to experience his comfort. I want you to know God has comforted me through times of, of uh, personal difficulty. He's comforted uh, my family. Uh, he's comforted me when I've had sickness in my family, as you, you guys know. Uh, he's been so faithful to me. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And uh, I want you to know, if you don't know Christ, he wants to be your comforter. Uh, and, and you need to make a choice to turn from your sin, put your trust in Jesus, and receive his gift of salvation. And uh, he will begin his relationship with you. He'll forgive your sin. He'll wash it away. He'll enable you to have a relationship with God uh, because he'll clothe you with Christ's very righteousness. Uh, this is what God wants to do for you this Christmas. If you don't know him, I'm going to invite you to come and make that decision. If you do know him, worship him, praise him, thank him for the fact of what he's done for us in coming to this earth, laying down his life. No one takes it from me, he said. I lay it down freely. This is what Jesus has done for us. Praise him, worship him. And enjoy his presence. Maybe you just need to come to this altar today and say, Lord, uh, I have not been living for you the way I should. And I, I just want to confess that to you and, and decide to spend that regular daily time with you. Let you do that work of comforting and coming to me in relationship and just to, to, to find your direction and your encouragement for my life through time with you. Uh, if that's what you'd like to do, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for the fact that um, Jesus is not just uh, a story about what happened yesterday. He's a story about what can happen today in the lives of people and what will happen in the future. Uh, thank you for the hope that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that you declare the end from the beginning and you tell us what's going to happen before it happens, and then you bring it about uh, as you brought Jesus, born in Bethlehem in fulfillment of prophecy, uh, the Son of God, uh, born of a virgin, as fulfilled in prophecy.